Alright, phase two. Compared to what? Next we took perhaps the most important step in the entire research effort. Contrasting the good to great companies to a carefully selected set of comparison companies. The crucial question in our study is not when did the good to great what did the good to great companies share in common? Rather the crucial question is what did the good to great companies share in common that distinguished them from the comparison companies? I don't know, that's pretty confusing. I hope there's an example. Think of it this way. Oh, thank God. All right. Uh, Suppose you wanted to study what makes gold medal winners in the Olympic Games. If you only studied the gold medal winners by themselves, you'd find that they all had coaches. But if you looked at the athletes that made the Olympic team but never won a medal, you'd find that they also had coaches. Huh. I wonder what we should do instead. The key question is, what systematically distinguishes gold medal winners from those who never won a medal? Okay, I see where he's going with this. We selected two sets of comparison companies. The first set consisted of direct comparisons. Companies that were in the same industry as the good to great companies with the same opportunities and similar resources at the time of transition but that showed no leap from good to great. Hence why they're in a different category. Uh, There's an appendix for details of our selection process, but I'm going to spare you that. The second consisted of unsustained comparisons. Companies that made a short-term shift from good to great but failed to maintain the trajectory to address the question of sustainability. Alright, this is the first. That's legitimate. In all, this gave us a total study set of 28 companies, 11 good-to-great companies, 11 direct comparisons, and 6 unsustained comparisons. The entire study set. Here we go. Good-to-great companies. Abbott, Circuit City, Fannie Mae, Gillette, Kimberly-Clark, Kroger, Nucor, Philip Morris, Pitney Bowes, Walgreens, Wells Fargo. Direct comparisons. Upjohn, Silo, Great Western, Warner Lambert, Scott Paper, A&P, Bethlehem Steel, R.J. Reynolds, Adressograph, Eckerd, and Bank of America. Unsustained comparisons. Burroughs, Chrysler, Harris, Hasbro, Rubbermaid, and Teledyne. Phase 3, Inside the Black Box. We then turned our attention to a deep analysis in each case. We collected all articles published on the 28 companies dating back 50 years or more. We systematically coded all the material into categories such as strategy, technology, leadership, and so forth. (laughs) I like how... He goes into detail on everything except something that you might actually wonder, like, well, how did you systematically code these into these categories? That seems difficult to do. Then we interviewed most of the good-to-great company executives who held key positions of responsibility during the transition era. 
We also initiated a wide range of qualitative and quantitative analysis, looking at everything from acquisitions to executive compensation, from business strategy to corporate culture, from layoffs to leadership style, from financial ratios to management turnover. When all was said and done, the total project consumed 10.5 people years of effort. We read and systematically coded nearly 6,000 articles. Uh, by the way, 10.5 people years is also uh, how much your life expectancy will decrease from uh, dragging yourself through this fucking book. But uh, let's see. We read and systematically coded nearly 6,000 articles, generated more than 2,000 pages of interview scripts, and created 384 million bytes of computer data. We also flushed out our word count by describing the number of fucking bytes of computer data. Because 384 million bytes takes more letters than 384 gigabytes or whatever it would be. Also how you would typically say that. No one fucking talks about million bytes. We came to think of our research effort as akin to looking inside a black box. Each step... Oh, this is interesting. You must be the first person to come up with that. Each step along the way was like installing another light bulb to shed light on the inner workings of the good to great process. Now here's a diagram. There's a line that says good results. It goes into something that says what's inside the black box. And then there's a line coming out of that that says great results. In case you didn't get it. With data in hand, we began a series of weekly research team debates. For each of the 28 companies, members of the research team and I would systematically read all the articles, analyses, interviews, and the research coding. I would make a presentation to the team on that specific company, drawing potential conclusions and asking questions. Then we would debate, disagree, pound on tables, raise our voices, pause and reflect, debate some more, pause and think, discuss... <laughs> he has to put think in there. He has to spell out that they thought. Discuss, resolve, question, and debate yet again about what it all means. Now here's one of those boxes like in the history textbooks when there's like a box aside. It is important to understand that we developed all of the concepts in this book by making empirical deductions directly from the data. We did not begin this project with a theory to test or prove. We sought to build a theory from the ground up, derived directly from the evidence. Okay, I think that's a legitimate thing to point out. The core of our method was a systematic process of contrasting the good to great examples to the comparisons, always asking, what's the difference? Yes, we know! We also made particular note of, quote, dogs that did not bark, unquote. In the Sherlock Holmes classic, The Adventure of Silver Blaze, oh, I thought he was going to go Hounds of the Baskervilles. Uh, Adventures of Silver Blaze, Holmes identified the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime as the key clue. It turns out that the dog did nothing in the nighttime, and that, according to Holmes, was the curious incident, which led him to the conclusion that the prime suspect must have been somebody who knew the dog well. Okay. In our study, what we didn't find 
dogs that we might have expected to bark but didn't. Yes, yes, I understand that that's the comparison. Turned out to be some of the best clues to the inner workings of good to great. When we stepped inside the black box and turned on the light bulbs, we were frequently just as astonished as what we did not see as what we did. In other words, the thing you just said. For example, oh, good, for example. Larger-than-life celebrity leaders who ride in from the outside are negatively correlated with taking a company from good to great. 10 of 11 good to great CEOs came from inside the company, whereas the comparison companies tried outside CEOs six times more often. We found no systematic pattern linking specific forms of executive compensation to the process of going from good to great. The idea that the structure of executive compensation is a key driver in corporate performance is simply not supported by the data. That's interesting. Strategy per se did not separate the good to great companies from the comparison companies. Both sets of companies had well-defined strategies, and there is no evidence that the good to great companies spent more time on long-range strategic planning than the comparison companies. Okay, well, strategy... I'm pretty sure is going to make a difference. The way he backs up strategy per se, not separating them, is just saying they both had strategies. That's okay, yeah, so they had a strategy. The good to great companies did not focus principally on what to do to become great, they focused equally on what not to do and what to stop doing. Uh, no mention of whether the other ones also did that. Technology and technology-driven change has virtually nothing to do with igniting a transformation from good to great. Technology can accelerate a transformation, but technology cannot cause a transformation. Mergers and acquisitions play virtually no role in igniting a transformation from good to great. Two big mediocrities joined together never make one great company. The good to great companies paid scant attention to managing change, motivating people, or creating alignment. Under the right conditions, the problems of commitment, alignment, motivation, and change largely melt away. The good to great companies had no name, tagline, launch event, or program to signify their transformations. Indeed, some reported being unaware of the magnitude of the transformation at the time. Only later, in retrospect, did it become clear. Yes, they produced a truly revolutionary leap in results, but not by a revolutionary process. In other words, get ready for this information to be boring. The good to great companies were not, by and large, in great industries, and some were in terrible industries. In no case do we have a company that just happened to be sitting on the nose cone of a rocket when it took off. Greatness is not a function of circumstance. Greatness, it turns out, is largely a matter of conscious choice. Alright, but according to you, strategy does not matter. Phase 4, chaos to concept. I've tried to come up with a simple way to convey what was required to go from all the data, analyses, debates, and dogs that did not bark to the final findings in this book final findings. The best answer I can give is that it was an iterative process of looping back and forth, developing ideas and testing them against the data, revising the ideas, building a framework, seeing it break under the weight of evidence, and rebuilding it yet again. 
That process was repeated over and over until, until everything hung together in a coherent framework of concepts. We all have a strength or two in life, and I suppose mine is the ability to take a lump of unorganized information, see patterns, and extract order from the mess, to go from chaos to concept. That said, however, I wish to underscore again that the concepts in the final framework are not my opinions. End quotes. While I cannot extract my own psychology and biases entirely from the research, each finding in the final framework met a rigorous standard before the research team would deem it significant. Every primary concept in the final framework showed up as a change variable in 100% of the good-to-great companies and in less than 30% of the comparison companies during the pivotal years. No mention on what the pivotal years are. Any insight that failed this test did not make it into the book as a chapter-level concept. Okay, so there may have been things that the data supported, but he didn't write about. Or, you know, that the data showed something significant, but not to meet those specific standards. Here, then, is an overview of the framework of concepts and a preview of what's to come in the rest of the book. Oh, thank God we're previewing it, because I'm pretty sure you're going to run through it way too quick for me. Think of the transformation as a process of buildup followed by breakthrough, broken into three broad stages. Disciplined people, disciplined thought, and disciplined action. Within each of these three stages, there are two concepts, shown in the framework and described below. Wrapping around this entire framework is a concept we came to call the flywheel, which captures the gestalt of the entire process of going from good to great. Um, let's see, can I explain this? I'm just going to let him explain it in words. We will pick up next time.